Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Do 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 this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Greggy, heading into week nine here on a waiver wire Tuesday. Going to talk about who to add, who to drop, obviously. But, man, thank God we got the Bills in primetime out of the way. Let's, let's leave it there. You know, it, it was a little close about our bet that we didn't actually make. What bet was that? New England plus 14. New England minus 14. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, whoever was on that game must have been sweating for, uh, for about three quarters yesterday. It was close throughout. I mean, look, it was a boring game, man. I, credit to the Bills' defense. That game was closer yeah, than the score yeah. indicates. Definitely, because absolutely. Because the pick six late, obviously. Uh, that kind of blew it open. But, yeah, I mean, look, just field goals back and forth. Not a lot of fantasy production. And, I mean, we... We just talk about Rob Gronkowski, man. What's going on with this guy this year? I mean, from a fan, you, you still, I know you, I know you're still buying your conspiracy theory as you texted us this morning. It's, I mean, it's not even mine. It was uh, uh, you're, take, you're, you're buying Twitter, right in. You're buying right in. Somebody on Twitter hit me up and said he wouldn't be surprised if they were not using Gronk to spite him because they tried to trade him in the offseason and he declined the trade. But if you look at what he's done this year from a fantasy perspective, he's done nothing. He's tight end nine in points per game. This is a guy getting drafted in the second or third round. To put that in perspective, half-point PPR leagues. Zach Ertz, averaging 14.1 fantasy points per game. Travis Kelsey, averaging 13.8 fantasy points per game. Exactly what you wanted out of those two guys. Rob Gronkowski, nine fantasy points per game, which puts him right on par with guys like Austin Hooper. He's behind Trey Burton. He's behind O.J. Howard. He's behind George Kittle. He's behind Bigfoot, Jared Cook. Gronk, where art thou? You know, I don't know if it's a saving Gronk to the playoffs. I, I don't know. I don't know what There's it is. There's no logical answer because our colleague, colleague, Michael Florio. Ex-colleague. Ex-colleague. Friend. Friend. Best friend. Friend of the program. Former best, best friend. Of the former program. best friend. Former best friend of the program. There you go. Former best friend forever, which is kind of uh, Whatever. ironic. But, yeah. Um, texted us earlier that this year he's getting more separation than he has in like years past. So it's not like he's not open and he can still make big plays. We saw that on the, on the catch that he had. You know, where he basically caught it on top of a dude's head before going out of bounds. I mean, it was a phenomenal catch. I have no doubts that Gronk could still play. I don't think that he's washed. I just don't think that there's an explanation for why he's not. Like, if there's not an explanation for why he's yeah. not being used, right? And yeah. he's gaining yards of separation. Mm-hmm. And he's getting open. Why wouldn't there be some kind of validity to this conspiracy theory? There's no, like, why wouldn't they use him? It just doesn't know. make sense. I don't know. I, got, I, got, I, got I don't know. 
I got nothing. Some kind of bad blood between Gronk and the Pats. What did you think of Other than um, that? I mean, James White, classic James White. Awesome. RB1. Kenyon Barner. RB1. Well, that's what I was going to get into. Cordero Patterson. What did you think of Cordero Patterson? I mean, I think he was just kind of like a makeshift, all right, we'll give him a couple of carries to fill in until Sony Michelle is back. If Sony Michelle is back. When Sony Michelle is back. So I think it's just kind of like a mishmash. Like, be, it, all right, we'll give a few carries to Cordero Patterson. We'll give a few to uh, Kenyon Barner. We'll give a few carry, a few more carries to James White. But, you know, they still, they, uh, they just... It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of James White. They, they they just gave him his normal workload, feed him a bunch of targets, kind of use him out of the out of the backfield as a receiver, as an extension of the running game. When they got down near the goal line, they they trust him the most, so they gave him the goal line carry. It was just more of the same. Julian Edelman, a Julian Edelman game, lots of carries, lots of targets. It was very scary. Ooh, how did your uh, how did your matchup turn out? Mine was obviously fine because I was going against Brady, Gronk, and Gordon, and they did nothing. Fantastic for you. Yes. Uh oh, Greggy. Um, I won. 117.5. Give it up for the Greggy. 117.5 to 116.8. Less than a point. Uh-oh. One more reception check, and it was check over. Check for those stat corrections. One more reception and <laughs> it was over. Judy and I were watching. Um, Judy and I were watching the game. She is going against James White. She needed James White to be under 18 points. I obviously needed Edelman to be under 17. It did, it did not work for Judy. Ooh. She was... Do you know that feeling? And I know you do. Or Judy. But you know that feeling you get when, like, you kind of think you're going to win and you hope and, like, it all goes wrong and you're just in the worst mood? Like, you, you, it happens to you that's, a lot. That's how I... I mean, yeah, obviously. But, <laughs> but you know that how mood. I felt yesterday going into the game. I'm like, all right, I'm up by 44. Like, I feel like I have a good chance to win. But I wouldn't have been surprised if Tom Brady just came out and, you know, threw for 302 touchdowns and, you know, one of them to Gordon and one of them to Gronk and then I probably lose. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if that happened. But, but anyway, you know that feeling? Yes. We all know that feeling. And you're just like, you, you don't want to watch football. You don't want to watch football anymore. <laughs> you want to just turn off. You want to watch anything else. You were close to the edge? For the first time in her life, Judy had that last night. Oh. She would just turn this game off. I go, but, but I'm still rooting for something. <laughs> I still need this. Rooting against them. Right. And she goes, I'm, I'm bored. I don't want to watch this anymore. And I was like, I get it. I get it. That's how I feel. And a lot of Sunday nights when I don't want to watch Sunday night football, that's why. It sucks. But like, we all get that feeling. It was cool to watch someone, not cool, but it was interesting to see someone experience <laughs> that for the first time. For the first time. Yeah. yeah. Popping the I hate fantasy football cherry. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> She's like lost a couple weeks in a row. She's so angry. She's so angry. Greg, do you, do you give anything to the fact that Zay Jones has had eight or at least eight targets in two of the last three games? I do. I think Derek Anderson targets him. I think Derek Anderson trusts him. I think if you look at the Bills in general, there's not much here. So, like, Shady actually looked pretty good last night. He used an early second-round pick on the kids. And obviously, Zay Jones... Can I I tell you something? What's up? It's pet peeve. Uh Uh-oh. So, you just did it. And somebody texted me yesterday uh, in regards to Marlon Mack. Yep. And they said, quote... And he is, uh, this person that did it is a year younger than you. So, you know, a couple years younger than me. And he goes, man, I was watching tape on like the kid. Like 20 years younger than you. I was watching tape on the kid and he's great. And you just said, oh, he's just a second round pick on the kid. The kid's like two years younger than you. 
He's a life. I mean, he's a kid from like he's NFL. Really, like, why are we calling NFL him a kid? I, I, Right. I mean, number. he's 23 years old. I'm so about to be 27. He's currently four years younger than him. Three years. You don't know what I'm his a birthday fantasy is. football veteran. He's an NFL second year I don't like calling him a kid. I'm not on the kid. He's a kid. I'm not on the kid. But I'm referring, you know, I'm talking to you about him too. So I definitely compared to you, he's a kid. Well, to, to me, he's a baby. <laughs> but in general. I mean, you could be his dad. I don't, uh, maybe. <laughs> he wouldn't look like that though. Um, <laughs> I mean, he does have some curly he hair. He has some curly hair. What's his birthday? Uh, March 30th, 1995. All right. So he's 23. Be 24 yes. in March. Not a kid. 12-year-old kid. kid. He's a kid in the NFL, Greg. I don't like it. That's what I meant. A young player. Second Marlon Mack, second-year player. He's a kid in the NFL. He's not a kid. He's a kid when it, it comes to the NFL. I'm out, I'm out on that. I'm out on the terminology. Okay. Anyway. We're There's no pleasing you. Greg. Oh, my pet peeves. I'm telling you how I feel, man. Uh, Marlon Mack, young When guy. I try to tell you how I feel, oh, I didn't ask. See, I don't say I don't say mean douchey things to you like that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and you come in here every day and say, "Oh, you know, Frank's grouchy. Frank's the grouchy one." No, you definitely the grouchy I keep, one. I keep your feelings in mind. You definitely the grouchy one. Care about, that about that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, long story short, I think there is something to Zay Jones. I do. I think they want him to be something. This is, this is like a deeper league. Really like deep. Fourteen, really sixteen deep. teams, like PPR. Like, dude, we're entering bye week hell right now. There's six teams on a bye, so you're literally looking for anyone who has a pulse. Are the Bills one of the teams on a bye? No, they're not. No, they're the not. Bills are not on a bye. We have the Bengals, Colts, Giants, Eagles, Cardinals, Jaguars. So a lot. It's, a lot uh, and a lot of talent, too. It's going to be a fun, fun week to try and replace some of these players. Greg. Yeah, so I'm looking at my team, like my, my best team that have a spy. So I have Baker Mayfield as my quarterback. I'm pretty pumped about that. This week against Kansas City, we'll see what Baker could do without Hugh Jackson. Ugh. I know. Um, and I need a running back. I don't know if I want to trust that. Is there anyone else available for you? You can fit Magic Man. It probably, it probably you fits Magic Man. You, you yeah. prefer the Magic Man? Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a while. Well, it's a good man. matchup against the Chiefs. If you're in a if you can't get Fitzpatrick, I would say Baker's probably the next guy up for yeah. a bye week replacement this week. But if I could, I would really want to take a wait and see approach. Just because you don't know well, what wait- the offensive play calling is going to be. Listen, Are they going to be conservative? There's no wait and see approach. I need him for one week because Andrew Luck's my quarterback and he starts every week. Yeah. Which I, am I going to start Luck against Jacksonville? Probably. Okay. Um, yeah, it's one week. Jacksonville hasn't been the same defense as they have in the past. That's why I'm going to start him. I have a few other quarterbacks that I've listed as streams for buy. It's it Alex Smith against Atlanta. All right, is he Secondary is not good. Alex Smith's available. He hasn't been great for fantasy purposes either, but... Alex Smith's not there, man. You know Atlanta's going to put points up. And Derek Carr at San Francisco. San Francisco's defense, if there's one way... I mean, you can attack them pretty much however you want to, but Derek Carr has actually thrown for a lot of yards this year. He hasn't been that great in the red zone, but he's going to be able to attack the San Francisco defense. And we've seen Thursday night football, teams cannot stop a nosebleed. And nobody can stop anybody on Thursday Night Football. It's just too short of a week. It's hard to game plan for a team that, that on that quick of a turnaround. And we're seeing a lot of points scored on Thursday Night Football. So I do think Derek Carr can give you, you know, 275 and 2. I, I think that's definitely possible. That's going to put him in the conversation for a bi-week stream this week. That's an interesting one. Hmm. I, I get the Baker going up against the Chiefs, but... I, don't, I just don't want to. I don't want to trust this, the Browns' offense this first game in. I, I could see them trying to run a lot, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Whether it's going to be successful or not, I mean that remains to be seen. But there's just too much dysfunction within the organization, the offensive play calling, 
Uh, Baker's got a lot of talent long-term. I, I would not want to trust him this week. I know it's only a one-week thing, but, um, yeah. Hmm. I'll see. I, I haven't done my quarterback rankings, but well, if you can let, let me, you know. Let uh, me know by, the, uh, if you can let me know by Thursday at noon or so. Be yeah, yeah. I'm going to do right. quarterbacks tonight. Oh, all right. I mean, it's even better. So tomorrow at noon would be even better, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Derek Carr is an option. I, I really like this Baker thing, but we'll see. Trade deadline day two today. Guys. Yeah, a lot could happen. A lot Definitely could happen. Definitely affect uh, the waiver wire, too, which I think we need to jump into here because there's a lot going on. All right, so let's jump right into it right now. I got some stuff on the rundown. Yeah, it's up to you. We start running back? Is that cool? Sure. So I mentioned this downstairs to Ventura. There's not much available. Well, I mentioned this downstairs to Ventura. At the running back position, if you need help this week, Elijah McGuire probably doesn't help you this week, I don't think. That's probably true. Josh Adams definitely doesn't help you this week because he's not on a bye. Not a bye. Derrick Henry may be out there. Like he's a fine bye week fill-in, I think. He can score a touchdown. Good opportunity. Yeah, I just wrote him in because he might have been dropped. He's owned in less than 65% of CBS leagues now. Fine with that, too. All right? Then you get to Edo Smith. Maybe he was dropped on a bye. Yep. Okay? Fine with that as well. But if they weren't dropped and you need somebody else, where could we look? I'm going to read you some of the guys on my waiver wire. You let me know your level of interest. That's cool. All right. Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris against Oakland. Thursday night. With Matt Breida. In his last two games in the half-point PPR, Alfred Morris has 2.5 points and 2.8 points. As a bi-week replacement, he is low to medium interest. Okay. Kyle Juszczyk on Thursday night. No. Okay. All right. Devontae Booker. I figured he was the one that you would bring up. Uh, We don't have much on Royce Freeman, but given that he's dealing with you know, that ankle sprain, I would not expect him to play this week. Uh, and Denver is going up against Houston. They've been pretty stout against the run. I just saw what Kenyon Drake did. I like him more than Alfred Morris. You like him more than Alfred Morris? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers. Uh, no. Somebody named Mike Boone. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who the hell is that guy? I don't know. He's, he's on the Vikings, evidently. Uh, Rashad Penny. No. Didn't have a carry this week. Didn't have an offensive snap this week. That's, that's all I got. That's the whole waiver wire. Yeah, so you're looking at Devontae Booker. Um, I'm going to put and, a lot of money on Devontae Booker. What a disaster. And Alfred Morris, if you're really, really desperate. Or, Damn. I mean, try to make a trade for just a bye week. I mean, I don't really condone doing that unless it's just like an end-of-your-bench player for like an end-of-a-bench player on another team yeah. to get a running back. But that's pretty much the same level of talent that you're going to get out of Alfred Morris or Devontae Booker. Did someone else just pop up on your waiver wire? You had a face like, oh my god, I missed this person. Nah, Kyle Oletta got arrested. No big deal. <laughs> when you thought things couldn't get worse for the New York football giants, the quarterback of the future. Just a traffic violation, though. Oh, oh just a traffic. He got arrested. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, so it looks like Eli Manning boy. will be the starting quarterback coming out of the bye in week 10. You can't start Loletta now. Unbelievable. Who's that other guy you brought up? Um, I don't know. Whoever's actually active on the team, like the second active quarterback. Oh, Alex Tanner. Yeah, Alex Tanner. Yeah. Bring back Davis Webb. We'll trade him to you. It's crazy. Fifth round pick. It's literally crazy. There's no other running back for me to pick up. Devontae Booker this past week. Uh, he was fine. He played almost 45 percent of the snaps. He's right. You know, 43.84. Great so matchup though. A very close. You know, like 55 percent for Philip Lindsay. 45 percent for Devontae Booker. Man, you know. It sucks to say, but if Royce Freeman was just never to come back into this backfield, it would look a lot better for fantasy purposes 
a lot easier to figure out. It would, you know, we would get a lot of Philip Lindsay on early downs. Yep. Still the guy that they could use in the screen game. Um, he would be that, you know, 15 to 20 touch guy. And then Devontae Booker can do his, you know, 10 to 12 touches, whatever you were expecting. But he actually looked really good in this matchup uh, this past week. Um, so, yeah, Devontae Booker more so than Alfred Morris. It, that rests entirely on uh, is name escaping me right now. Greg. How, how about this? Trenton Cannon. Cannon, nah. Okay. Not yet. Because I can see them slowly trying to work back, uh, slowly trying to work Elijah Maguire back in. Uh, Matt Breida, if, if he doesn't go, then Alfred Morris is probably going to get double-digit carries oh, against Oakland, who we just saw uh, Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines run all over. So that's what you need to pay attention to here. Would you rather start? It's, Al- that's the caveat. It, you know, if Matt Breida's not playing on a short week, Alfred Morris is your guy. Would you rather start Alfred Morris or Raheem Mostert? Um, Wolfgang. It sucks for Mostert, man. Um, you know, Matt Breed is like the fantasy troll, dude. Like, all week we thought he wasn't going to play. The week before, all week we thought he wasn't going to play. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be Alfred Morris. Just based on what we've seen, they're, you know, they're just using him more. They, they are not willing to give Mostert more touches than, than Alfred Morris right now. It was that one Monday night game against the Packers where he kind of, you know, flashed a little bit. The next week... They used him a little bit, but they also used Alfred Morris. And then this past week, they didn't use him at all. They didn't use Mostert at all. And, he, you know, he killed a lot of people who wanted to use him in the flex. If Matt Breida doesn't play, it's Alfred Morris. If Matt Breida does play, it's Devontae Booker. Those are really uh, top two waiver wire bi-week running backs for this week. We take a break here. When we come back, more of the wide receivers that you can add. Come up next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Is it today? You on the fantasy best friends forever fantasy sports oh. network. Nobody saw that, Frank. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. So the running backs that are out there, not so much. There's not a lot of help this week. I would still this say this is when I need help. Elijah McGuire is still the guy. He's only owned nine percent of leagues. That's the guy that I'm still going out there and trying to target. But again, he's. I don't know how much he's going to get worked in this week. The Jets like Elijah McGuire a lot. I'm excited about what he can do in that Bilal Powell role. Last year, we heard Emery Hunt kind of compare Elijah McGuire to Tariq Cohen. We see what Tariq Cohen is doing this year. So I don't know that Elijah McGuire has that same kind of burst and explosiveness. But there was obviously something on game film that uh, Emery liked a lot about Elijah McGuire. So I think he will get an opportunity eventually to fill that Bilal Powell role. I just don't know how much he gets worked back in in his first week that he's eligible to return, which is this week in week nine. He still leads the running backs I want to add outside of Derrick Henry and Ido Smith if those guys were dropped. And then it's Josh Adams. But again, Elijah McGuire and Josh Adams not really going to help you this week. Adams on a bye. Elijah McGuire just returning, Greg. If he does, if he's activated, we don't even know if he'll be activated, ready to play. Yeah, because we, you know, we were expecting uh, Deonta Foreman to get activated right off the pup, right? 
hasn't happened. And Lamar Miller has looked like a... I was honestly... He's running like a bat out of hell right now. I was banking on Deontay Foreman returning. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were. And, you know, we were all excited about him. We said, you, you know, know what? by this point, week 9, week 10, he might be the starting running back. That was the thought. And I, I honestly just had him on the IR just as like a stash. You know, it was just yeah. like, all right, hopefully he'll be something. If he's not, he's not. He's on IR. He's not costing me anything. Now, like, I need him. And he's, he's not available. It's an issue. It is. It's an issue for you. It's an issue for a lot of people who were banking on Lamar Miller sucking. Hasn't happened. Which he has done the complete opposite the past two weeks. Yeah. He's been great. He's been great. Should we move to the wide receivers? Yeah. I mean, look. There's not much here either. It's a barren. I disagree. Wholeheartedly. Well, it depends depends on your league. Depends on your league. I mean, in some of our leagues. But if you look at the ownership percentages, these guys are widely available, Greg. True. But, like, none of these guys are available in my league. Well, it doesn't, this doesn't help me. This isn't the Greg Sussman show, Greg. Actually, half is. No. It's fantasy BFF. Are these guys available in your league? We're supposed to help other people. I'm not help. I need to help myself. Uh, in my home league, David Moore, Devontae Parker, DJ Moore are all available. I think like DJ, Three out of the six guys who are on this list. I don't even know if DJ Moore is available. That's pathetic. David Moore is definitely available. Let's talk about the Moore brothers that aren't actually brothers. DJ Moore and <laughs> David Moore first. I poo-pooed you on David Moore uh, when... He was brought up a couple of weeks ago. I was like, look at, look at this. There's no consistency. A couple of touchdowns. It, it's nothing that is sustainable. Well, I still believe that it's been relatively sustainable. Uh, what's the deal with David Moore? Well, the question is, what's the deal with the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers? Because I know I tweeted about this this past Sunday, Drink. Uh, it's basically wide receiver by committee right now. There is no one wide receiver or tight end that's stepping up. Russell Wilson is making the most of his weapons. He's spreading the ball out. He's taking what defenses are giving to him. He's not force-feeding the ball to Doug Baldwin. He's not force-feeding it to Lockett. He's not force-feeding it to David Moore either. If you look over the past three games specifically, Greg, their target breakdown, Doug Baldwin, 11 targets. Tyler Lockett, 11 targets. David Moore, 10 targets. But David Moore does have four touchdowns over those last three games, he absolutely dominated T's Tabor and the Detroit Lions this past week. You saw the touchdown, which was you know deflected off the defender, defle- deflected up in the air. Yeah, he managed to bring it down for a touchdown. During that same span, these past three weeks, he leads the team in air yards, leads the team in A dot. So he's more so the guy that's being targeted down the field. So you can argue that he has the highest upside of the three Seahawks wide receivers right now based on the way he's playing, the way he's being targeted down the field, and the way he's actually converting. You know, something that I like to say about, you know, especially players for fantasy football in the NFL, if players are given an opportunity and they continue to convert on those opportunities, they're going to continue to get more opportunities. And that's exactly what's happening with David Moore, no pun intended. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we can't really ignore what he's doing. A touchdown in three straight games, four touchdowns during that span. The one thing that I'll point out that's a negative here is, you know, as actually as Raymond Summerlin points out, you know, friend of the program, Ray Summerlin, uh, the Seahawks are attempting just 22.6 passing attempts over their past five games. So they're not throwing the ball that much. Russell Wilson has just been extremely efficient, and because of that, his wide receivers have been extremely efficient as well. It's not like any one of these guys is just dominating targets, as I've pointed out. Yeah, I, as you just said, it's very hard to hard to turn away from a guy that scored a touchdown in three straight games. But it's very hard to invest in a, an offense that's only attempting 22 passes per game. If he doesn't get in the end zone, David Moore does nothing. He is completely, completely useless to you. Of course, the other side of that is, well, he scored in three straight games. He did have 97 yards this week, so that's not completely true, no, right? No, no. Like, that, if that, he scores a touchdown, it gives you 97 yards. But that's just this week. You like that. What about the weeks, two weeks prior to that? It, it was touchdown dependent. 
It, it definitely was. But I think the fact that he's being targeted more down the field, maybe that creates a safer floor, right? But he's also a clear wide receiver three in an offense that has Is he, spare- though? Yeah. I just laid out the targets the past three I, games. I, I know They're that. They're all within 10 and 11 targets. I like, know there's that. There's not just one guy. But if you if had- anything, we should look at all three wide receivers as the same value right now, which is wide receiver threes. But as you know... Who do you trust? That's the question. If I put Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, and David Moore in front of you, and they're all on your bench, and you have to start two of them, which, would you, which two would you start? It's not David Moore. So but the targets, and, three. the targets and the production say that they're pretty much all on the same play. But, right you're, but you're telling me that you're still with the other team. He's scored more touchdowns over the past three games yes. than both of those well, guys. He absolutely has. I just don't feel any reliability. How much money are you spending this week on David Moore? Not much. A couple dollars. Five to seven percent. That much? Yeah. But you have to imagine, like five to seven percent now, I have twenty five percent I have twenty five dollars left in my home league. Yeah, yeah, so five to seven percent, what is that? I think you're putting it all on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I might. I, I mean we still gotta talk about that. I don't know <laughs> if I should or not. In a super flex league, it's something that you have to think about. When it comes to Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you just kinda if you want to dive into that real quick for a second, I saw some awesome stats per Josh Moore at four for four underscore Josh on Twitter. Uh, despite coming in relief Sunday. Ryan Fitzpatrick is averaging 23.6 fantasy points per game, which is third in fantasy football behind only Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan. Between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, Bucks quarterbacks are averaging 390 passing yards per game this season. Their defense is that bad. We talk about it every single week. That's why you want to target the players uh, playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. They fired their defensive coordinator. It doesn't matter what you do. To the, the, the defensive coordinator, whoever you put in there, this defense is going to be bad. And because of that, they're going to get in shootouts, and the quarterbacks are going to have to throw. Aside from this week with Peyton Barber, they haven't really been able to run the ball effectively. It's just a lot of volume, and as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback for this team, I want him on my fantasy football team. The problem is, as Gabe laid out during Carton and Friends, how long is he going to be the starter for? Right. Because he can have three fantastic games, and then what? The next time he craps the bed, they're going to go right back to Jameis Winston. Dude, he could have three great quarters, and they'll be down 50 points. They'll put Jameis Winston back in. he got three games. But this, like, the fantasy production that he gives is just so... Awesome. It's so Blake Bortles 2015, right? Love like, just, it. Just garbage time. It, it, but that doesn't matter for fantasy. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be the prettiest thing. If the guy's throwing for 390 yards, if, even if he's giving you three interceptions but giving you three touchdowns... I mean, that, those are fantasy points. So I, I want to get Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, even if it's just for the short term, definitely in Superflex, two quarterback leagues. But you were asking me, you know, who's a bi-week replacement quarterback that I could pick up this week? You were, you were talking about Baker Mayfield. I'd rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he's going up against the Carolina Panthers, who, you know, their defense looked very good against Joe Flacco and the Ravens. But I'm just, I'm going to continue to ride Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Ryan Fitzpatrick finds a way every single week. Blake Bortles, like, just put up numbers. You're not going to run the ball. You're just going to let Fitzpatrick do what Fitzpatrick does. They can't run the football when they're down by 30 points. Right. It's going <laughs> to be great. I would start, I'm going to start Fitzpatrick over, over Baker for sure. If you play in a super flex or two-quarterback league, how much fab do you put on Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't think you can put all of it on it because I don't, you don't know that it'll be the starter. If, if, like, if Dirk Hunter gets fired tomorrow or next Monday, let's say. Yep. They can say, listen, I want to, the organization, Jason Lick, the general manager, and the owner can be like, I understand that, like, what, let me go back. Dirk Hunter's starting Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick gives him the best chance to win, or he believes that. Yep. He's fighting for his job. 
when he no longer has his job and they promote whoever, I guess, I guess I have no idea who it would be because they already fired their defensive coordinator and their offensive coordinator is, is, is some known name. If they promote the offensive coordinator to the head coach, he's not going to put Ryan, I don't think he puts Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. I think the organization will dictate we need to see what we have in Jameis Winston, right? Like we have to see if we're bringing Jameis Winston back next year and they play Winston. So I don't think you can go all in. I really don't. I'm sorry. I'm tr- so I'm trying to figure out if Ron- I thought Jameis Winston, this was the last year of his contract. No, he's, a, he's the option Roto- next year. Oh, all right. So Roto World, yeah, has him as, you know, he get paid out $21 million for 2019. He has the fifth year option next year. So, I mean, look, see what you have in Jameis next year. Or, I mean, they might just cut him. I don't know. They could. At this point, they could. Like, at this point, even though he's 24 years old, what more do you need to see out of Jameis Winston to know what you have in this guy? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of Jameis Winston the past three years. I know. What have we seen? We've seen a lot, a lot of, of boneheaded play. Like he, he's super frustrating because, he, and it, it was like a perfect microcosm of his career. There was a drive this past Sunday where he just threw a perfect pass, laid it right into Mike Evans. It was right down the sideline. It was a beautiful pass. The announcers were talking about this. Is what's so frustrating about Jameis Winston is that he has the ability to make beautiful, beautiful throws. But then the next play, he's going to throw it right to a linebacker or right to a safety. Like, the guy is just so turnover prone. He's second in the league in interceptions, Greg. He only played, what, three, four games? You know who, it's sad to say, but you know who Jameis Winston is at this point. If you know who Jameis Winston is, you also know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is as well. So, while I agree with everything that you're saying, that... I think I'm just pleading because I I want Ryan Fitzpatrick for fantasy. That's what I was saying. Like... (laughs) We may know who Jameis Winston is, but we 1,000% know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a part of the future long-term in, in Tampa Bay. That's definitely true. The Bucs need to figure out if Jameis Winston's going to be. I don't know if he will be. Like he may, no, he, there's no chance. If there's no chance... Between his play on the field and what he's done off the field, there's no way he's part of the future of the Tampa Bay Bucs. And I don't know if he gets another starting opportunity in the NFL. A, another team will bring him in and give him the chance to compete... Is he another starting quarterback in the NFL, James Winston? Not so sure. Okay. Should we have the wide receivers now? We can. I think we just kind of got to put a bow on, on Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, so what I'm thinking is, in my home league, I have $25 left. I might put like 13 on Fitzpatrick, which yeah. is right about so 50%. That's, super flex that's fine. I'm okay with that. Because you need a quarterback at Superflex. Yeah. I get it, and we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do. You play was- in a one-quarterback league... It's not much. No, I was gonna, so I was going to recommend to 10 you. 10 to 12%. I was going to recommend to you to put half of what you have on him. But I cannot say go all in. I can't do that. Yeah. And it sucks because I put $12 on Joe Flacco not too long ago, and now I'm going to put 13 on Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, yeah. Joe Flacco's just been so hit or miss. I know like home road splits have been a thing for him. Maybe it's just the whole AFC North division, right? Big Ben home road splits, Joe Flacco home road splits. Andy Dalton. Lamar Jackson came in and looked good at the end of that game. It, it was bad. garbage time. It didn't look bad. But just throw it out there. Not bad. It's back to the wide receivers. Back to wide receivers. We hit one of the Moors. We got one of the Moore brothers. Go to the other Moore. Five to seven percent? You want, are you spending any more than that? No. <laughs> Would you rather have David Moore or this DJ Moore? This guy's going to go out and score a touchdown again this week, and you're going to come back and you're going to say the same thing. Would you rather <laughs> have David Moore or DJ Moore? Definitely DJ Moore. Okay. Uh, but I understand their... There are reasons for hesitancy here because Ron Rivera, typically a head coach who likes to play his veteran players, and for whatever reason, they've loved playing Torrey Smith and Jarius Wright this year. And, you know, Torrey Smith, it took an injury for Torrey Smith being out in this game for DJ Moore to see the 
season high in snaps played, in routes run, in targets, in receiving yards. I mean, he set season highs across the board, but that was because Torrey Smith is out. So there is a caveat here. While we're excited about DJ Moore, they used a first-round pick on him, and he's clearly talented, right? I yeah, mean, he was Maryland, that of all people. Yeah, Maryland, he's a turk. So he's clearly talented. Absolutely. But you get this guy out in space, you know, you put the ball in his hands and he instantly becomes like a running back. You could, I mean, you could see it. He's, he's incredibly explosive. He also was targeted down the field a couple of times in this game. He made plays. They're using him uh, for running plays as well. I mean, that's the type of explosiveness that he has. I mean, not every team has a Tyreek Hill-esque gadgety type player. And I don't want to just label DJ Moore as that. But they're going to do some creative things with T.J. Moore. He's not just a wide receiver. They can use him in some, you know, run packages as well, and they proved that this past week. So I like him, and I like him more than David Moore because I think there is some upside there. Again, season high in snaps, nearly 71%, at least five targets now in three straight games. I think that's flying under the radar. That's the key stat that you just gave, the yeah. five targets in his last three games because the arrow is now trending up. Snaps are up, three games in targets are up. And this past week, receptions were up. Now, we, I spoke about this with Jim Sonis yesterday, that maybe he's not taking over the number one job from Devin Funches, but he plays a different role than Devin Funches. And yeah, you have to worry about Christian McCaffrey, and yeah, you have to worry about Greg Olson, but DJ Moore is solidifying his spot in the offense. I completely agree. I'm much more interested in DJ Moore than David Moore. Yeah, and it's not just the targets for three weeks in a row, but this past week, tied for the team lead in targets with six, tied with Christian McCaffrey, uh, he led the team in receptions with five, led the team in receiving yards with 90. So there's a lot to like about DJ Moore. You know, what would be awesome here is if the Panthers would just kind of hand him that slot receiver role because, I look, I'm just going to continue to beat this dead horse this fantasy football season. This is the year of the slot receiver. Tyler Boyd, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup when he was healthy. These guys are just absolutely dominating. So if they would use DJ Moore in that role, and I think he fits that role pretty well. I mean, a very shifty wide receiver, that would be awesome for him. The one problem, again, is that if Torrey Smith comes back, does he eat into the snap percentage again for DJ Moore? And, you know, the Panthers are a team that typically spreads the ball around. They're going to still target McCaffrey. They're going to still target uh, Devin Funches and Greg Olson. So, I mean, you know, we'll play devil's advocate. We're excited about DJ Moore, but to a certain extent. We, we have to temper our expectations here. I will say, Greg, the upcoming schedule for DJ Moore Phenomenal. Yep. Tampa Bay this week. In in two weeks, it's Pittsburgh. It's great. They have another matchup with Tampa Bay later in the season. I mean, the down the you know down the stretch schedule for DJ Moore and the fact that the bye week is past him that also helps. It definitely does. The only thing is, and I agree with everything you're saying. Like, like I said before, the only thing is, if he just went out and did nothing this week, just gave you a bomb of a game, would you be surprised? Because I wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. For, for the reasons we mentioned, you have to temper expectations, but you want to be excited because the draft capital that they use on him, obviously a high draft pick. We know the talent coming out of college, um, and he flashed some of that talent here. So if they continue to get him involved, I just worry, I mean, will the target share ever be massive in Carolina because they like to, uh, to spread the ball around? I will just say, these next two matchups against Tampa Bay, he doesn't need double-digit targets. If he gets you know six, seven targets again and can you know get the ball out in space then he's going to be incredibly, incredibly dangerous against this Tampa Bay secondary, which is just brutal. So, I mean, for that reason alone, these next two matchups and these matchups down the stretch, uh, you want to you want to take a flyer on DJ Moore, definitely ahead of David Moore. I will say, you know, I I, uh, I tweeted out from the Fantasy BFS account, Greg, there's really like a four-horseman group of wide receivers this week. It's DJ Moore, David Moore, 
Kiki QT and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was not the player. It was Devontae, Devontae Parker. Cortland Sutton. I mean, we've got to talk about him too. Now that they're saying Marius Thomas is likely to trade him again. Yeah, those four are widely available in fantasy leagues. We're going to talk about all of them on the other side, how you'd rank them, how much you spend. We'll break it down for you when we return. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. This must be Dirty Pop. Can't stop. You like that dirty pop. Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman, the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Popping off. Wrong show, Greg. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. We're going to have to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. Just you and the profit you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY when you sign up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. Hey, Frankie, I also want to remind people to use the Daily Roto NBA lineup optimizer. How did you do last night? Greg, you know how I did last night. Well, the public doesn't. Put up a lot of points, just missed out on the castle. This is actually the reason I quit Daily Fantasy Basketball, by the way, last year. Because I was consistently putting up 300 points and not cashing. And that was the case last night. I had three. How many points do we have? I don't know what the final. I mean, I had to close the app. I was getting too frustrated. I, Something I, like 310. Yeah, I thought we had 309. Yeah. So we had around 310 points or so. The, the thing is, you can't just label it, oh, I had 300 points. I should have I had 306. I'm sorry. Every single night in DFS is different. Yep. The cash line is going to be different every single night. And the reason why it was so high last night is because the. A lot of people the same lineup, which is frustrating. Yeah, is because the chalk plays hit and everyone had them. Except us. Pascal Siakam and Ursan Ilyasova, they hit, and they hit big. I had Ilyasova. We had Ilyasova, but we didn't have Siakam. That was the difference. Who, you know, put up over 40 fantasy points at, you know, less than 5K salary. And, uh, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, who we paid, you know, nearly $9,000 on, had less fantasy points than Pascal Siakam. That's that's it. In a, that's, that's our night That was it. Show. It was LaMarcus Aldridge versus Pascal Siakam. Yeah. And that's a you know four five thousand dollar price difference. It's frustrating because the DFS NBA lineup optimizer over at DailyRoto.com, like I said, used Pascal Siakam. They told us to use. They did for sure. sure. Now we spoke to Mike Leone, and he's like, "Listen, if you want to pay up, pay up for Aldridge." And I specifically asked him in a cash game, "Can I start Pascal Siakam and Ursan Ilyasova?" And he goes, "Yes, absolutely." And then I did it. And Just then don't listen to me anymore, Greg. I, Every time I've te- told you anything ever about fantasy basketball, it's been wrong. So just don't listen to me. I told you to take De'Aaron Fox over Ricky Rubio. You did not say that. 
I mean, I, I meant the you opposite. said quite Sorry. the opposite, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Damn it. We're paying for our sins. We're paying for our fantasy basketball sins right now. Hey, my other fantasy basketball team, by the way, went off last night. It had more points than my FanDuel team using the same scoring. Really? Yeah. And it's 344 point night. In your season long? Yes. Oh, so you. Because so I had Carl Anthony Towns, which was, which was fun. There you go. But I also had Aaron Fox and Willie Colley Stein, which is also fun. Yep. Uh, and I had Gary Harris and Julius Randle. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, Randall was the one we missed on. Too. Oh, you know, I texted you about it too, and I was like, I want to use Randall. I feel like I'm going to regret it. You did, and I did. Um, you know who was amazing last night? Who I was not in on. I think you might have told me to pick him, so I just did. Rudy Gay. I didn't tell you to pick him. Oh. I wasn't on him at all. Oh, dude, he had 15 on 11 last night with four assists and six steals. Yeah, that was a fun game. Aside from the fact that Lamar Aldridge uh, did nothing. I was watching that. Mavs and Spurs went into overtime. DeMar DeRozan is just amazing. Amazing. Had a great year. Really. You know, when I watch him play, right, his mid-range game just reminds me so much of Kobe. Like, back to the basket. He could just score on anybody. It's it's really fun to watch. We should probably get back to the waiver wire. Okay. Let's let's get to the four (laughs) horsemen. Let's get to the four horsemen. Where's the four horsewomen? We do that now? Um, These are not women. They're Mm. NFL players. Okay. Anyway, Kiki QT, the number one guy. Will Fuller's, Will Fuller is out for the season. QT steps in as the number two wide receiver in an offense that loves to throw the ball, in an offense where Will Fuller was a touchdown maker in every sense of the word. We know what QT could do out of the slot. He's going to have even more opportunities. You expect him to be on the field each and every play. The question remains, can he stay healthy? That is the only question I have regarding Kiki QT. If he's out there, how much do you spend on him? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm... I'm thinking 15 to 20%. That's the number that just came to my mind right now. If you want to be really aggressive, make sure you get him. You're probably looking at just over 20%, you know, 22%, 23% of your remaining fab budget. But there's a lot to like about QT. I mean, we saw what he could do in that limited sample while he was healthy. He looked awesome. A lot of passes close to the line of scrimmage, kind of using him as an extension of the run game. Again, the year of the slot. Kiki QT was playing the slot, and he was dominating there. Will Fuller was wide receiver 21 in points per game while he was healthy this year. So, I mean, that just kind of gives you a taste of what the upside could be for Kiki QT. He's not the same wide receiver as Will Fuller. He's not a down-the-field threat, a guy who's going to burn a bunch of people and score the deep touchdown. Uh, but what what we're looking at with Will Fuller is the number two wide receiver in the Texans' offense, and that's exactly what Kiki could be. Even if he misses this week again because of the lingering hamstring issue, I wouldn't be surprised if they sit him out. I almost want them to sit him out so he doesn't re-injure himself here and then we can have him for the final you know five or six weeks of fantasy football uh, and him just to be healthy for those weeks but there is a huge huge opportunity here Greg and I would say he's the number one wide receiver to add I a agree. few people were asking me you know if DT is traded wouldn't you rather have Cortland Sutton in my opinion the opportunity is better for Kiki and Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Case Keenum so those are the, the deciding factors of why I would have Kiki ranked higher than Cortland Sutton in this week's waiver wire. Yeah, I'm with you. For me, it, it, it's very easy for Kiki QT uh, as number one. We know what he can do. We've seen it, Cortland Sutton. We expect... It, it, do you it, think Kiki plays this week? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know he practiced on a limited fashion last week. Uh, it was obviously a short week. Short week. Now he's had a while off. I absolutely think he plays. Yeah, how much, that would help a lot. How much do we spend is the question. Um, we're halfway through the year. So let's assume people have half their budgets left. I know you yeah. like to do things in percentages, but let's assume people have half their budgets left. Okay. How much of that, using the 100 rather than 1,000, you have 50 bucks left. How much do you spend? 
And I know I just said 15 to 20% of your remaining fab budget. I, I understand. But that's why I said for your percentages. If you want to if you want to make sure you get them 16 17 bucks out of 50 which is more than what I'm saying, obviously. I was going to go over that. That's more than, that's like 30% of your family. I was going to go over, I was going to be more like 20 out of the 50. 20 out of the 50, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, you're talking about 40% of your remaining fab budget. I don't think, I think at this point people have less than 50. Okay. I think so. I have $25 left in my home league. I think people are probably closer to like 30 or 40 right now. Okay. Which, if that's the case and you want to, you want to be aggressive to get them, it's probably like 12, 13 of like 30 or 40 bucks left. Mm-hmm. I have, if he were available in my home league, I have $25. I would probably put 15, 13 on Fitzpatrick and the other 12 on Kiki. And then I just have nothing for the rest of the year. But these are game-changing waiver, waiver wire additions, especially with Fitz being in the Superflex League. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you want Kiki, you're going to have to be aggressive. Okay. I think so, too. If you have 50 left, I'm going over 20. If you have 40 left, I'm going over 15. I want Kiki QT. I really, really do. He's number one. He's ahead of DJ Moore. He's ahead of Devontae Parker. Who if Demarius Thomas gets traded today, it's Cortland Sutton's number two for me. How much do we I would spe- agree with that. How much do we spend on Cortland Sutton? So it would obviously be less than it would be less than what you were saying about Kiki. So, I mean, if you have 50 bucks left. I'm spending like 14 on Cortland Sutton. Yeah, 14 to 16, something, something like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. If you're scared someone's going to bid around that $15 range, then you, get, you go to the 16 or 17. Right. But, I mean, you know your league better than we do. If people, you know, if, if you think the high bid's going to be around, like, 12, then, yeah, you're looking at the 13, 14 that you're talking about. But he's clearly behind uh, Kiki QT. Just to put this in perspective, Emmanuel Sanders leads the team in target share with, 30, uh, with 23% of the targets. Demarius Thomas is at 19.86, and Cortland Sutton is at 13.12%. So if Demarius Thomas is traded... You're going to immediately see Colin Sutton soar to over 20% of the target share. Yeah, I tend to, I tend to agree with you. I'm with you. Um, Which is why I referenced him last week uh, you did. as a stash. You did. And then also last week we got the report that, oh, it's not likely Demarius Thomas is traded. And then today we get the report it's more likely that he's traded than not. Just a few hours. It's very li- frustrating. If you're listening to this after work, he, he probably is gone. He's, he's probably, probably gone. Probably you, you know what's crazy? What? I guess it's not that crazy, but uh, the Lions shopping Golden Tate. Yeah, for Ventura. A, and only looking for a fourth round. Ventura was telling me that. That was surprising. Because he's, you know, he's in a contract year. I think they very clearly are not going to bring him back. He's going to demand a lot of money in free agency because he's by far the best wide receiver available on the free agent market. Obviously, players could get cut. But in terms of players who are expected to be free agents as of right now, Golden Tate is by far the best wide receiver available. Some team is going to clearly overpay him. And the Detroit Lions can afford to give him up because they clearly have their two wide receivers of the future in Marvin Jones and Kenny Gallagher. You think Marvin Jones is part of that future? Well, I mean, he's under contract. So at least a short-term future, Fair more enough. so than Golden Tate. And in Kenny Gallagher is obviously, I think, the, the wide receiver of the future. You listen to two more wide receivers here that I want to get into before we have to sign off you two. That's Devontae Parker and Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald's available in just about 25% of leagues. He's kind of had a... This is on CBS, so that it's, it's a more aggressive ownership, but I saw in Yahoo he's actually available in more. People might have dropped him because he was trending downwards. We actually told you you could drop him, so I, I, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, he's been a little bit better. He's trending upward best game of the year this past week. Byron Leftwich, maybe there's something here. So Larry Fitzgerald, certainly to buy a week. I'm interested in him. And Devontae Parker had his best game of the season this past Thursday. Uh, let's see if he can build upon that. I, I like him too. If Larry Fitzgerald and Kiki QT are both available, Greg, 
I've told people already on Twitter that I would rather have Larry Fitzgerald. I would not. I'd rather have QT. Why is that? Uh, I think he's in a better offense. I, I don't trust Josh Rosen at all. I think last week, which was a good game for him, was against the it, Niners. It was a good matchup. Against, against the Niners, Niners. is a good There's matchup. No so, the target share was there, Greg. Under no, Byron Leftwich, too. Targets, 12 targets tar- of 40 attempts. That's a massive target share. Yeah, tar- there's target shares there. And Larry Fitzgerald's the number one target in that offense. QT will obviously never be number one next to DeAndre Hopkins. But I think the offense is just better. Sean Watson is just it's de- better. It's definitely better. Than Josh Rosen. It's you know? So give me the better offense. That's, mm-hmm. where, I'm, that's where I'm going with yeah. QT. It's probably, it's like a 1A, 1B for me. I would yeah. still put Fitz first. It's what would you rather have, the number two in a better offense or the number one on a worse offense? But we saw, you know, a positive signs this past week with Byron Leftwich definitely. calling the plays, definitely. 12 targets. I mean, Fitz's best game of the year by far. It looks like he's finally getting over that hamstring injury. It looks like he's finally healthy. Eight receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so look to see that if he can build off that. It is worth noting that Larry Fitzgerald and the Cardinals are on a bye in Week 9. So there's a chance that he's dropped, too, which you probably don't expect it because he's coming off his best game. Also but it chance, definitely could happen. Also chance Christian Kirk could be dropped during the bye week as well. You'd want to grab I'm him. I'm looking at him. Uh, well. For sure. At the tight end position before we say... We mentioned Devontae Parker. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Devontae Parker... Um, I would uh, I would rank him ahead of DJ Moore. Agreed. But ahead of DJ Moore or definitely David definitely Moore. Definitely Moore. It's close between him and DJ I'm Moore. I'm going to rank him ahead of DJ Moore. He's definitely behind Kiki and Cortland Sutton. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I will mention Kenny Stills. There's there's still a chance that he returns. He's not the guy who was shut down for the year. It was Albert Wilson. So we saw that when Kenny Stills was healthy, the target share was kind of a crapshoot for the Dolphins wide receivers. There was no main guy. You know, last week on Thursday night, Devontae Parker was the main guy. I mean, he was targeted nine times, hauled in six of those, 134 yards. He looked spry. He looked fast. Uh, he looked like the, you know, the the early round draft pick that the Dolphins used on him. It's just, can we trust Adam Gase? Because it, it, it always comes back to Adam Gase. Can we trust him for the usage of Kenyon Drake? Can we trust him for the usage of Devontae Parker? Because there were a lot of weeks in a row now where Devontae Parker was a healthy scratch. So the talent is undoubtedly there. Devontae Parker just needs to stay healthy, and he needs to he needs the confidence of his coaching staff. If he gets those things, uh, I do think that he can help you out here in the second half of the season. All right, with that, we say goodbye to everybody watching on YouTube. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you following. And if you're listening on the podcast, we go for another five minutes. So subscribe, uh, like us, rate us, and, and make sure you give us five stars and leave a comment. The Frenzy's up next. Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Ventra. Frankie, the tight end position. Jack Doyle is out there. He's once again a, a must-add need a tight end. Must-add. Yeah, absolutely. It is worth mentioning as well that the Colts are on a bye in Week 9, so it's more of a stash. He can't help you this week, but if you just look at what Jack Doyle did in his first game back, 73% of the snaps tied for the team lead with seven targets, and you know he had six receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. We know that Andrew Luck is going to throw to his tight ends. We even saw Mo Alley-Cox involved. An awesome catch, a one-handed grab. Uh, I'm worried about Eric Ebron, man, because he's basically been on the injury report with any possible injury that you can have. He's training downwards. Jack Doyle is returning, and he's training upwards. He's undoubtedly the top tight end ad of the week. Just remember, he will not help you in Week 9 because he's on a bye. Couple of streaming defenses, Frank, this week. I like the Jets against the Dolphins, and next week they face the Bills. Yeah, so that's one where you're looking for two weeks in advance. Uh, they're oh, in both, Miami. Both next week. I, 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 yeah, yeah, no, you're looking for the next two weeks. Yeah. You want to use them for the next two weeks. Uh, in Miami, it looks like Brock Osweiler is going to get another start, uh, but then the Bills game is back at MetLife where the Jets will be home. Don't know if they're going to be facing uh, Josh Allen or... Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman or whoever the quarterback is, yeah. but it's likely going to be a good matchup. So I agree with you if you're looking for the next two weeks. Uh, the other ones that I'll throw out there... The Broncos versus Texans is interesting because 
The Texans' offense looks like they're getting back on track. The offensive line has played better. They're still not great, but the Broncos have great pass rushers, so there's going to be opportunities for sacks here. And you know with sacks can come fumbles, come interceptions, pressuring the quarterback, obviously. So the Broncos have those two great pass rushers in Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. And now throw the Cowboys out there because they're facing the Titans. And, you know, I've bashed the Titans offense all year. They haven't been great. They haven't been able to move the ball. And in games where Dallas has been home this year, the, the Cowboys defense has actually played very well. All right, for our four horsemen off the waiver wire, uh, we, you got to drop somebody. you got to be able to drop somebody for the Kiki QTs of the world, uh, for the Larry Fitzgerald, Devontae Parker, and all those guys. And if you need them, Devontae Booker, um, Alfred Morris in my case, uh, whoever. Who do we drop for them? You name some people on the list. I'm going to go through them quickly, and I'll give you some more names as well. Let's yep. do it. Jermaine Curse. He's droppable. I don't really want anything to do with this Jets offense outside of stashing Elijah McGuire because he could have that Powell role and Chris Herndon this week if you need a bi-week replacement. That's it. Corey Clement. Corey Clement? Uh, yeah, I'm done. You know, I don't want yeah, anything to do with yeah. the Eagles running backs. I know some people are going to go out and pick up Josh Adams. He showed some explosiveness, but it's a three-headed running back by committee. Doug Peterson has done this every single year. And Corey Clement, maybe he's not healthy. I don't know what's going on with him. He hasn't been effective. I'm dropping him. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, I'm dropping him as well. Dealing with a multi-week injury now. Peyton Barber flashed. Uh, they used to quiz Rodgers in the past game. I don't love the the Bucks rushing attack regardless. Carlos Hyde. This is a tougher one, man. I would try my best to hold on to him. I, I, you don't know if he's going to be the RB3 or the RB1 coming out of the bye. It could be either one of those things. Out of all the names that we're going to mention, he's the one that I would try to hold on to the most. But I understand with the buys, if you don't have a choice... He's a drop candidate. Wolfgang Amadeus Mostert. Based on his lack of usage, even when Matt Breida has been banged up, he's third on the depth chart on a, on a crappy San Francisco offense. I'm, I'm dropping Mostert. Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Parker looks like he's the wide receiver one. Kenny Stills could return here. The snap share is all over the place. Um, he's kind of a boomer bust wide receiver. I'm okay dropping him. Any Raiders wide receiver? Oh, God. I'd hold Jordy for one more week just to see if it turns around. Martavis Bryant. Nobody owned Brandon LaFell anyway. Seth Roberts. I mean, you might have to actually use Seth Roberts this week because of the buys. But, I mean, if you want to drop one of these other wide receivers for more upside, I have no problem with it. Hold the new, hold the phone. Kiki Kute. Houston, Texas just acquired Demarius Thomas. Corey Parson will break it down for you next. Fantasy Football Frenzy. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope.